0: One of the biggest challenges that many of us often face when it comes to the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause is asking for help. We as women, we try and do all of the things and be all of the things, but sometimes we need an extra hand. And today's episode is all about how to talk to your doctor about menopause, because I know that it can feel daunting. I know that you might not want to go and speak to your doctor about the way that you're feeling, because you're fearful of their reaction. So today I'm gonna give you some top tips for talking to your doctor about your symptoms for the first time. I'm gonna be sharing some links with you, which are in the show notes. Please go and grab a pen and paper. I really want to arm you with knowledge so that if you do feel that you need to speak to a medical professional, that you are informed and you feel confident to do so. Hey friend, welcome to the Fit Productive Mum podcast. I'm your host, SJ. I'm an outspoken women's health advocate, productivity guru, daughter of the king, and a 40-something mum to a sassy, independent daughter. If you feel stressed out, overwhelmed, and hate what you see in the mirror, then that stops right here. I'm here to arm you with the knowledge you need to better understand your mind and body so that you can live a life free of diets, fitness fads, and comparisons. If you're ready to commit to making yourself a priority, to reconnect with your body and be a present productive parent, then this is the podcast for you. Grab that superfood smoothie and let's dig in. Hey friend, okay, so today we're going to be talking about how to talk to your doctor about menopause, how you're feeling, maybe discussing your symptoms. And I think it's important to remember a couple of things before we dig into this. First of all, I'm coming at this from the perspective of somebody who lives in the UK. So wherever you are in the world your healthcare system might look different, the processes might be slightly different but the goal of this is to really arm you with knowledge and to help you feel confident to take that first step if you feel that you are in a place where you are now looking to potentially think about HRT to see what extra support that you might be getting because your symptoms are impacting your day-to-day life. And the reason I'm talking about this is because it's actually something that I myself are going through right now. And obviously as the host of this podcast with the background that I have in health and fitness, like I feel probably more confident than many of you do about like understanding my symptoms and potentially going and have a conversation going and having a conversation with my doctor about this but i felt nervous like i found it hard to pick up the phone i found it uncomfortable to talk about these things and i just think that if i am feeling like that with the knowledge and experience that i have in this field then I really wanna do what I can to support you if that is where you are at right now. So first of all, being completely honest, I didn't want to go and speak to my doctor. And this was for a number of reasons. First of all, I'm one of those people who, likes to tough things out. I'm like, yeah, like I had Chloe with no pain relief. I've been on like big like bike rides. I've done duathlons, you know, like I'm I'm tough. I can handle things. I mean, to be fair, it's really rare that I'm ill. I don't like to take like a paracetamol. And I was like, I don't wanna go to my doctor. Like I can do this myself. I don't need any help. I'm just gonna do it. And then I just thought, actually, do you know what? Like. If I have a headache, I would take a paracetamol. If I broke my leg, I would go to the hospital and I would have my leg put in a cast. And this isn't about like being like egotistical, it's about seeing what options there are out there so that you can make the most of every single day of your life. And I felt that particularly recently, I've got to a point where I don't feel like myself anymore. And the day to day things that I like and want to do feel more challenging. And I find myself getting like more annoyed with my daughter. I'm tired more. I just really don't feel like the person that I used to be. And the whole point of picking up the phone and talking to my doctor really is to have a discussion about what extra help I can get and that's the way that I think we should look at it it isn't about like giving up and it isn't about you know like not being able to tough it out it's actually about like your quality of life how you feel in yourself on a day-to-day basis and if you can find something that is going to help you that works for you that makes you feel more like you then oh my gosh I really think we should definitely do that. Now, one of the big problems that we face when we are thinking about going to talk to our doctor is that unfortunately, and it certainly is the case here in the UK, like doctors are busy. Like the NHS in the UK is massively overstretched because of COVID. GPs are our first like frontline port of call you get 10 minutes as an appointment with your doctor, which is a really short amount of time. And many of the doctors here in the UK just don't know very much about women's health, because they're used to people coming in with coughs and colds and earaches and that kind of thing. And it is really positive because there are like huge steps being taken to have this conversation around women's health around menopause. But there is still a lack of information and it isn't a like the doctors in the UK don't have to learn this information to be a GP and there is a big campaign going on at the moment in in the UK to encourage like doctors to be like doing courses taking extra units around women's health around the menopause but the government have decided that they're not making it mandatory so i think it's important to Be well-informed yourself when you're going to have a conversation about your health, about perimenopause, about menopause, so that you're armed and that you feel confident. And one of the sad things might actually be is that you know potentially more about this than your doctor does. So we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do to help you feel more confident to have these conversations let's start with my first point and the first thing that I think you should do before you actually even speak to your doctor is figure out who do you actually want to talk to. So one of the things I did before I even thought about making an appointment with a doctor was I actually phoned up the receptionist at my doctor's surgery and I had a conversation with her about who did she think was the best person to talk to? Is there someone within this particular practice who specialises in women's health? What are the names of the female doctors? Like how many female doctors do we are there? Because you might feel more confident maybe talking to a woman. Perhaps you might want to actually go down the route of finding a Um, Somebody who really specialises in women's health, if you can do, and maybe even if you can afford it, if you have the funds, perhaps you might actually want to go to a private menopause clinic so that you know that the person you're speaking to really is informed around women's health. And I have a really good friend who has a podcast which is all around ADHD. And her advice is always to go and speak to somebody who knows about ADHD. And I think if you can afford it and you have the capacity, like financially, time-wise, maybe you might need to travel. If you can do that, I really think that is going to be your best option because you want to speak to the person who knows about the issue that you are experiencing like if you were having a problem with your heart you wouldn't want an eye doctor to be fixing your heart and I think wherever possible speak to the best qualified person that you possibly can do now in our situation here in the UK the first point of contact for the National Health Service is a GP so you book an appointment with your local doctor and you go and see them, you have that conversation. And as I alluded to earlier, often these appointments are short and they are over the telephone. And you might find, like me, that there isn't anybody in your practice who actually specialises in women's health. And you also might find that it's very tricky to find an appointment with a female doctor, which is definitely something that I have experienced. And in the end, I ended up just pulling up my big girl pants and thinking right I'm gonna have to talk to a guy about this I'm just gonna have to do this but if you can find and there is a way for you to speak to a female doctor if that is really important to you definitely do that push for it you know you do have the right to choose But of course, like so much of that with so many things is actually about money. And if you have the funds to be able to make different choices around where your healthcare is coming from. So perhaps if you're in the US, maybe you have like a different type of insurance that will pay for you to go and do that sort of thing. It It really is like a bit of a postcode lottery. And it's definitely a postcode lottery in the UK. So as I said, I didn't really have an option. I was really struggling to get an appointment with my doctor, let alone actually be particularly choosy about the doctor that I spoke to. Now, my second point, and I think this is a really, really key thing to do, before you make that appointment is get yourself like really prepped and this is going to help you to feel confident when you have that appointment. Now my appointment was like short, it's 10 minutes, I don't know how long your appointments are. So you want to be really, really clear on what it is that you want to say, what you want to talk about, you want to kind of like almost sort of feel like you're the one who is like leading the conversation So my first piece of advice around this, around the second point, is actually to print out a menopause symptoms checklist. And if you go to the show notes, there's an awesome charity in the UK called The Menopause Charity, and I have linked that in the show notes. It's a PDF download, so you could print it out and like highlight the symptoms that you're experiencing. And it breaks up the symptoms into like your physical, your mental symptoms, and you can really kind of like talk through those with your doctor and, you know, say, look, I think I'm experiencing perimenopause symptoms. These are the things that I am experiencing at the moment. And this is how often and just be really, really clear. And I know that that is going to help you to be more confident when you have that conversation. Now, as I said, the link to that is in the show notes. It's a really, really helpful resource. Download it, print it out, have it with you when you are talking to your doctor. Okay, number three is to be patient and to be prepared for this to be a bit of a process. Now, I'm going to talk from the UK perspective wherever you are in the world it might vary and it might look very very different. Now in the UK we have a set of guidelines called NICE guidelines and again I've put the link to that in the show notes. Now the way that doctors in the UK will treat or sort of like um, explore whether or not you are going through perimenopause or menopause varies depending on your age and it does really seem that there is a particular cut-off age and that is 45. And the way that that can feel is that you are not allowed to be perimenopausal before the age of forty five. And I'm going to come on to that in a minute when I talk a bit more about like my experience through this process so far. Now when it comes to the nice guidelines, if you are forty five and above and you are describing the symptoms that are on that checklist from the menopause charity, your doctor should, Be treating you potentially if you if it is a suitable option for you and if it's something that you want to investigate and explore, because obviously it is about your choice, is HRT. And that should be like the first sort of port of call, if you like, for you to be then talking if you are looking for treatment medication, if you're looking to go down the HRT route, that should be the first thing that they do. Now If you are under 45, like I am, I'm 42 and a half, I'm coming up for 43 in September, you will likely be treated slightly different because what your doctor will want to do is to rule out any other things first. So they will likely to want to do like a blood test and in that blood test they will be looking for FSH, which is your follicle stimulating hormone And they will also be looking at your thyroid function and just looking like across the board in your blood test to see if there is anything that is like an underlying health condition that could be the answer of why you're experiencing the symptoms that you are. So what they're sort of doing here in the UK is saying that if you're below 45, then we're going to sort of explore other options and rule out other things first. Whereas if you're 45 and above, then we are going to potentially offer you HRT because that is more likely to be perimenopause and menopause. Now, the problem is, of course, like... (laughs) in the same way as when you started your period we all have our periods at different times we get early periods late periods you know some people don't start their periods until like they're 20 some people don't some people start their periods when they're nine so of course for women when it comes to menopause like differences happen and some people might go through menopause a lot later and some people go through menopause a lot earlier so this is why if you are in the same position as myself and if you scroll down a few episodes where I had a conversation with my friend Lindsay and the challenges that she was facing because of her perimenopause symptoms, the reason that they did not start her initially with HRT why the doctors sort of went down the mental health, um, anxiety, depression medication was because she was under 45 and the blood tests that she had for FSH came back as not sort of like highlighting any issues. And that was why they initially treated her for anxiety and depression. And this is something that if you are in this situation and you are under 45 I think it's important to have that in mind go and listen to Lindsay's episode it is there's two episodes actually um and it is quite an important story because it does show that there is the opportunity for misdiagnoses to happen when it comes to menopause and particularly when it comes to the mental symptoms of menopause like anxiety, like depression and if you are under 45 your doctor may not automatically make the link between your symptoms and your hormones and often they might be asking you questions around like stress, life events you know that sort of thing because they might be thinking that potentially you're struggling with maybe like stress anxiety and depression and they might treat you for that rather than actually um thinking and going down the route that potentially this could be hormone related so go back and listen to Lindsay's episodes because if you are under 45 and you are in the UK and you're experiencing these symptoms it's really important to be informed about this and to know what this process looks like. Now, obviously I'm only speaking into experiences and information that I've collected from the UK. So that's why it's important if you are outside of the UK and I know so many of you are in the US, in Canada, in Australia, for example, go and find out what the guidelines are for where you are. Go and get informed. Do your research. Know what is happening. Know what the process looks like. Know what you should be expecting. Because you need to be informed and you need to have that knowledge so that you can feel confident to have these conversations. Okay, number four, and this is another like read up, (laughs) do your research, is if you are having a conversation with your doctor. Most likely the reason that you're talking to your doctor is because you're thinking about going down the route when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. And this is another point where you need to be informed about what HRT is and what options there are for you, when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. Because depending on where you are in the world again, depending on where you live, depending on the way your healthcare system works, what drugs are available, all of these things will depend on your options. And it's really important to know that there is a huge range of different options when it comes to hormone replacement therapy you know there are there's estrogen there's progesterone there's testosterone and the estrogen progesterone testosterone they all come in different forms in different like um pills gels patches coils all of the things so you want to find out what is available in the country that you're in and then also find out like the the pros and cons and the benefits of each and figure out which one is going to work better for you. Because you might be someone who's really good at remembering to take a tablet every day. Or perhaps you're somebody who doesn't want to think about taking a tablet every day. And perhaps you might want like a spray or a gel or something like that or a patch that you put on. You know, so much of that comes down to personal choice and personal preference. So, again, I have put a link in the show notes for you to the menopause charity based here in the UK that talks about hormone replacement therapy, what it is all of the like different options but if you are in a different country you should definitely see if you have a menopause like charity in the country that you're in that can give you um like some information about the options that are available in the country that you are in because so many different countries have different rules one of the um options as well in the UK that we um, are not that is not easily available is um, testosterone when it comes to HRT whereas I know that in Australia you can access um, a women's version of testosterone um, that many private clinics here will use and prescribed but it's not available on the National Health Service. So you've got to get clued in to what is going on where you are in your country and also get clued up because there is an awful lot of information around about like shortages of different products and things like that as well so know what your options are know what your preferences are and potentially be then going to your doctor and saying okay I'm thinking about hormone replacement therapy these are the ones that I want to try first Okay, so let's just do a quick recap on those four things. Number one, make sure you know who you want to speak to. Do you want to speak to a man or a woman? What are the, the options when it comes to the healthcare professional that you should be talking to? Number two is to get prepped before your appointment. Know what your symptoms are. Be really clear in what you want to say to your doctor when you have that conversation. Number three is be patient and be prepared for a process and this is why I don't think you should put it off because if you are experiencing perimenopausal symptoms and you are potentially gonna have to you know wait to speak to a doctor, potentially wait for a blood test, try the different types of hormone replacement therapy. Don't wait, don't put it off. If you have an inkling that you need this support now, and this is something you want to explore, start the process. Because you can start the process, you can have the conversations, talk to the doctor and then go, oh, do you know what? This isn't right for me. But if you leave it to a point where you are struggling so much, you're going to be struggling potentially for a bit longer before the wheels like start before things get moving and before the hormone replacement therapy can actually have a positive impact and start to make you feel more like yourself so don't put it off pick up the phone be brave you can do it okay number four is read up if you are talking to your doctor because you're potentially thinking about hrt read up on it get clued up on it because there are so many myths around hormone replacement therapy um there is so much information that um had it at one point linked to breast cancer which it isn't um go and get clued up on that there is um a really good documentary on channel four written by a lady that was presented by a lady in the uk called davina mccall she has a book as well um which i will link in the show notes on amazon um i really like listening to the audiobook actually i found that really helpful but within that book there's all the information about like symptoms different types of hrt like it's a really good resource and it's actually written in a really really fun way so read up on your hrt options no what your options are and be prepared to go in there and say i would like to try this okay so the reason that i bought you this episode as i alluded to earlier in this podcast is because this is actually what I'm going through at the moment. Now, I really am somebody who completely believes in the power of fitness, the power of nutrition, the power of resting when it comes to supporting your body and helping it to go through like changes and balancing your hormones. Like that is what this podcast is all about. But there are times where we need a bit of extra help, um, where your body needs some extra help. And if you are doing all of these amazing things that we talk about on the podcast when it comes to fitness and nutrition, and also you are potentially thinking about um, having a conversation with your doctor like I did around hormone replacement therapy then it's gonna allow you to feel like the best that you possibly can. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want you to be feeling the best that you are, living your best life, showing up in the best version of you for yourself and for all of the people around you. And this was the point that I got to where I was thinking, right, I'm doing all of the things. Like I've cleaned up my diet, I'm working out in the best way that I possibly can be. But you know what? I could still use a little bit of extra help. And that's why I picked up the phone and started this process and had a conversation with my doctor. Now I'm 42 and a half. So I had, and I have just, as I'm recording this podcast for you, just had a blood test my I had a conversation with the doctor I was very clear about my symptoms I was very clear about what I wanted to talk about and investigate the the possibility of hormone replacement therapy. So I have just had a blood test, and as I'm recording this, we're going to be waiting for the results. So I will keep you in the loop of what happens. But one of the things that I found as I've been going through this process so far, which is exactly what happened to my friend Lindsay, and I mentioned the two episodes that I recorded with her around her experience of perimenopause and how it impacted her mental health this thing keeps this theme keeps coming up of you're quite young like I'm 42 and a half I'm only two and a half years away from this full this magic age here of 45 where suddenly when you hit 45 you're allowed to be perimenopausal which I find really crazy because perimenopause can last for years and years. It can last for a really short amount of time and for some women it can last up to seven years. So I really sort of feel that you need to be armed and you need to have the information and be an advocate for yourself. Because unfortunately, like doctors are busy, healthcare professionals are busy, and not everybody is clued up on the information around women's health. And I heard a funny saying um, on a podcast I I was listening to recently that. If, um, if men were like going to have their penis fall off at 40 years old, then they would definitely be a pill or something around for them to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I think there just really is a huge gap in knowledge when it comes to women's health. I mean, think about Viagra, like that pill was created very quickly. It was now really easily accessible for men who were struggling, you know, to have erections, like women's health really still is like on the back burner and not at front of mind for so many people and I think this is why we need podcasts like this, why we need celebrities who are talking about this and raising the profile of it but it's also why it's so important that you get yourself informed, clued up so that you can absolutely be an advocate for your own health i really hope this episode helped you i really hope that you share it with a friend who potentially might be struggling with symptoms of perimenopause and perhaps they're feeling too scared to pick the phone up and have a conversation with their doctor and ask for extra support and extra help Share it with them. Leave me a five star written review on iTunes because that does help the algorithm to get this podcast in front of other people as well. Send me an email if you have any questions or if you have any comments or if you want to share your experiences of perimenopause. And, you know, if you have like an inspirational story of perimenopause and menopause that you think would be really valuable to share with other women. I would love to have you on the show. So jump into my emails, I'd love to hear from you. Have an amazing day, have an amazing week, my friend, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. I hope you loved today's episode and that you learned something and I pray it blessed you in some way. If so, take a moment to share this with a friend and I would love it if you could take just 30 seconds for me to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it's the only way I know you like the show and I love hearing from you too.